I love that you can move them easily. They make my workspaces much more flexible. I like how quiet they are. I can sit inside and feel all calm, but still feel part of what's going on around me. I like what they cost. They're talking about Nook, the award-winning wellness-certified family of pods, booths, and shelters which make a workplace more flexible and more inclusive. Go to nookpod.com to find out more. Welcome back to the Work Bowl podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions, space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is the first episode of our MIPM mini-series sponsored by TSK. In this episode, I'm joined by the legend himself, Ronan Jerno, head of European Management Services and Operations at Heinz and formerly of WeWork fame. There are so many value bombs in this episode. Ronan shares what he's been learning the last 18 months in his new role at Heinz and also what the Heinz team have noted since Annie Rinker's episode on this podcast in season two in 2020, where she introduced us to their own spaces of service brand, The Square. We also talk about creating intimate relationships with customers and aligning Heinz ESG goals with those of their customers. The top three things I took away are, number one, the spectrum for flexibility is wide. Number two, Heinz doesn't want to just compete with WeWork and IWG. And three, flexible spaces that are highly amenitized will be part of every office customer's portfolio going forward. But if you took away something I missed, I'd love to hear from you. Now, you probably already know Ronan, many people do with over 10,000 LinkedIn connections. His reputation speaks for itself. He joined Heinz in 2020 to lead property management operations and customer experience in Europe. Ronan has over 25 years experience in this sector, holding roles at WeWork and Cisco previously. He's an expert in global workplace trends, technology, and corporate real estate operations, and uses this experience to create people-centric and technology-driven workplaces that are fit for the future. In addition to his role at Heinz, Ronan sits on the board of several prop tech businesses, including SpaceOS, Basking Automation, and Juice, as well as UK affordable housing provider Network Homes. I want to thank Laura Stevens and the Heinz London office for coordinating this interview. And just a reminder, this was recorded on-site at MIPM, so you're going to hear some background noise, which is all part of the experience this season. Jeff, let's play the interview with Ronan. You may have heard this in our trailer episode for the season, but I am proud to say that TSK have joined us on the Workable Podcast once again as our sponsor for Season 7. And if you listen to last season, you'll know they're leading the way in signing and delivering inspirational workplaces that are both flexible and become collaborative hubs for people as they help us navigate the sometimes confusing nature of modern work. TSK regularly publish thought leadership, research, and a lot of insightful content featuring their clients, partners, and their own team about workplace, commercial interiors, hybrid working, and case studies of those who have reimagined the workplace for our new ways of working. You can check out the latest publications and video content at tskgroup.co.uk or check the links in the show notes below. So what do TSK's clients say about their work? Here's a cool clip that I like. There really isn't anything else like this in Lancaster when it comes to the modern furnishings, the modern bright facilities that we have in this office. And that can really be felt as soon as you walk through those doors for the very first time. It sounds a little bit twee, but, you know, job satisfaction, I think it, it impacts on that in terms of, you know, the space that you're working in. So definitely, I think it sets the bar in terms of, you know, how we want to create office space in the future for the business, 100%. But also we've got that collaborative aspect to the office. 
We've got the town hall steps if I just want to have a little chat over a coffee about something small. Or we've got a selection of meeting rooms where I can speak to people both within the office and out of the office. Another great thing about this space is the flexibility that we have to hold events here. Being able to open up this space to accommodate up to 150 people. The new office and the new design is just so much more collaborative than before. Before it was just desks and desks and a few offices where now literally half of the office on the seventh floor, half of the office on the eighth floor, it's all just open space. You can really see how teams can mix with each other, be collaborative, be social. Jeff, let's play the interview with Ronan. Welcome back to the Workable Podcast. We are here at Mipham on site with the mysterious, the elusive Ronan Jerno. It's great to have you in front of me in person for the first time ever. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and I'm so glad that finally after three years of connecting on LinkedIn and Zoom, we can actually shake hands and look at each other's eyes. It's amazing. So it is, it is, it is an important moment. I appreciate being here. Well, you know, um, it's, it's great that you are here. Well, obviously, we're here at Mipham, so how are, how are you finding the show so far? Um, very good, to be honest. Uh, so I arrived yesterday, uh, mid-afternoon, and um, wasn't sure what to expect. You know, um, in London, folks were saying, you know, is this going to be empty? Is this going to be a ghost Mipham? Um, so far, what I'm seeing is the auditoriums are full. I've attended a number of sessions starting, you know, this morning, mid-morning, afternoon, um, and they have full house. You know, a lot of people, a lot of interest. Um, the energy is good. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. I think that, uh, you know, we are social creatures, and this is an industry uh, made of people and relationships, and uh, you can see it and touch it and feel it. You know, started at 7:30 this morning at, at my hotel for breakfast. You didn't go out for the wine last night. Oh yeah, I did. But you know, um, you know, breakfast meeting and, and people shaking hands and people really happy to see uh, acquaintances and, and old friends, and just connect and catch up. Um, so, and the other thing I'm seeing here is is the tech uh, play. Uh, it's no longer just a conversation. Um, you know, Fifth Wall is here in strength. Uh, Pylabs is here at full strength. Uh, you know, uh, Metaprobe is here, and a lot of startups and scale-ups. Right. This is now. You know, this has happened. This has arrived. It is, and we're sitting in the Propel uh, Bob Bipham station here, and I've uh, been watching uh, the folks go back and forth over the lounge, um, and they've got the startup competition, so I'm very excited to go watch that in a, in a bit. But just curious, um, you know, from your perspective and your role at Heinz, what sort of opportunities are you looking for here at Mipham? Um, it's a good question. Um, so my, my role in Heinz, maybe just a couple of sentences about that. Um, you know, I, I joined the firm um, 18 months ago to really um, get a, a deep understanding of what we call the vertically integrated model um, that has been um, in operations in the US for over 40 years and, and study that in depth and work with our countries to launch um, a platform that we call management services and operations. Uh, and in essence, what it is, it's to build the capability within each country where we can self-perform uh, not only asset management but also property management and oversight of facilities management. Uh, and the reason we're doing that um, is because we believe that if we take the success of our European, of our US colleagues and, and produce a European version of this, um, it will create the intimacy with the occupiers um, that we believe is essential. Um, so we believe that it's not a, just a volume business, it's not about growth, it's about intimacy with the people who pay the rent. 
It is about um, aligning our ESG initiatives uh, and our goals with those of our tenants and, and really uh, working hand in hand to continue to evolve the built environment. Um, so that's, that's my role. Um, and what I'm looking for at, at MIPIM, uh, it starts with people. It, it's really, um, you know, reconnect face to face with people in the network, but also meet new faces. Uh, and that is across the board from the investor community, developers, peers, um, you know, startups, scale-ups, really just expand my awareness of what's going on in the industry so that I can take it back home into Heinz and, and kind of figure out with my team where, where, where do we bring more value. Um, and that's, that's for me has been MIPIM for the last uh, you know, 23 years um, and I've seen it evolve and it, it's really a pleasure to be back. Well, business is all about relationships, and uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, speaking of your U.S. team members, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Annie Rinker um, over in Houston, um, uh, a fellow WorkBold podcast alum. Um, and uh, when she was on the podcast uh, a couple seasons ago, she talked a lot about Space as a Service, um, the, the brand you guys launched called The Square. Um, and how space as a service can improve the NOI of a building. Um, so I'm just curious, you guys have launched a few locations since then uh, mm -hmm. with the Square. Uh, what have you learned so far? Um, so that's a great question. So I, actually, it's, uh, it's perfect timing. Um, I, I was in the U.S. Uh, only three weeks ago and had the opportunity to visit um, the Square in Texas Tower, our new um, global headquarters, uh, for the second time. So first time was whilst it was still uh, being fitted out just before Christmas, and now it's it's up and running. It's fully operational. Um, so what what we're learning from from that product is really how um, humans um, interact with space and and how that is evolving. Uh, we're learning what it takes from an operational standpoint to service high traffic environment like that. Uh, we're also learning how the investment community and our customers, our tenants, um, are looking at flex. And what, the, what do they mean by flex? So, you know, I don't know if your audience is aware, but prior to joining Heinz, I, I spent three years uh, at WeWork, uh, worked fairly closely with, with uh, Adam Newman's team, and we were building the enterprise business for WeWork. Um, my entire journey was an occupier journey. You know, 28 years, my, all my views of the industry have been shaped through the lens of an occupier. Um, so what, what we're doing with the Heinz Square is really um, observing that new design of space, a new provision of space through multiple lenses. Uh, as an investor, as a landlord, as an operator, as a manager. And at the same time, really getting close to our key customers and asking them, what do you need? So we know the dominant players in the world on Flex, right, and co-working and there is huge room for them to grow, I'm sure, and then you know, there's a product necessary. But we're asking ourselves the question, what do our clients need along the spectrum of flex? And I think you can go from space that you can access per hour, per day, um, such as you know, this space here in MIPIM, all the way to, I don't want to sign a 10-year lease, I prefer to sign a five-year lease with some flexibility. So the spectrum is fairly wide, and given our investment strategy of prime locations, prime quality assets in CBDs, um, we want to make sure that our flex offering is really aligned with, with the asset and aligned with what, what the market needs. 
we don't just want to compete with WeWork. That's not that's not our business. That's not our game. No, with IWG for that matter. And so, when you're talking and engaging with the, with your customers, you're you're asking them lots of questions, presumably. Are there any sort of key questions uh, that you're looking for answers on to help uh, inform your your strategy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, we're starting at the macro level. We we're asking, you know, many many of our clients, customers, tenants. Uh, you know the world's largest brands and we begin to ask the question um, what's changing how, how do you how is your business changing and evolving in the next two to three years how is your workforce strategy changing um, how is your location strategy changing and and with that then we get to the conversation of how are your space needs changing to support that workforce you know plan to support that evolving business uh, and into that mix of conversation, you also get insights into how they view their portfolio evolving. Is it a hub and spoke? Um, is it, you know, into centralizing in CBDs because that's where the attraction of talent is? Um, is it, is it um, you know, certain geographies are more important than others? And then you get into the conversation around how much are they looking to adopt hybrid working or not? And depending on the industry, depending on the organization, you have different answers. Now, all of these data points form a view of where demand may be. And, and then we, you know, as we look at our assets and we take decisions when to introduce more Hind Square, you know, we, we try and align that. And with the Square being Heinz's own brand, you, mm -hmm. you own that brand. If I recall, uh, seeing in, in the media, you guys partnered initially with Industrious. Then you've got you have uh, a location in Houston that you guys are operating yourself. Is there a set strategy going forward, or are you sort of testing right now and seeing what works? Yes, yeah, so I'm sure. You know, I don't want to um, step into into Annie's uh, Annie's domain too much. Uh, and the whole industrious relationship was, was before my time, um, so I'm not sure it would be appropriate to comment on it too much. But um, my understanding is that we believe that flexibility is what um, the market needs. And we are really thinking hard about what is the product and what is the solution set along that spectrum of flexibility. Um, so the number of locations of the square uh, we're looking to scale that. Um, is it going to be single-handedly all managed, operated by Heinz or with a partner? I, I should leave that to Ani to determine. But I have, uh, like I said, around the table, um, listening, contributing, and participating in some of those conversations, which is, which I think, is fascinating. I've been privileged to sit around some of those conversations myself, and I'm never shy to share my opinion, and, and I might share that with, with you today. Please. Um, take it or leave it. No, no, um, I'd love to hear. I, I, I really always look at the hotel industry yeah. and, and see how that model works, and you've got the developers there, you've got the, the brands, and you've got the uh, local hotel management companies, and I think those are three different entities. Sometimes they can be combined into two different entities, and sometimes one entity is a vertical stack. Yeah. Um, I, I see us in our industry going in that direction. It would be interesting considering your scale at Heinz globally, um, if you find the right local partners, local experienced operators that can run under your brand guidelines, the Square's brand guidelines. To me that's a winning combination, but I'm slightly biased, so um, uh, I, I just want to put that out there. No, I think, no, and I'm, I'm glad you do. Um, I think the reality is that we fundamentally believe in the vertical integration, and, and it's um, it's a model that's in the DNA of the firm. We, we believe that there is value to 
um, to the assets, to the investors, and, and to the occupiers um, by being vertically integrated. And, and what you know, discussions you have in the investment, discussions you have in, in the development stages, construction stages, management operation, all can produce more value. Um, and so that's, that's a starting point. Now, what will be the strategy of scaling this moving forward? I think that's to be determined. I think that's to be determined because, again, what we need to ensure is alignment with multiple stakeholders. Um, you know, if you think about the WeWork model, the WeWork model began as a tenancy. You know, the number of buildings that WeWork acquired were very, very few. So it was a tenancy model. And now they're shifting into agreement model. You know, IWG, I think, predominantly was a tenancy model with some ownership, and that's evolving. So I, I think we are looking, observing, and, and trying to learn what's, what would be the right solution here. And whatever that solution may, may be, is it safe to say that space as a service will be a crucial part of the portfolio strategy going forward? I think the answer is expectations from space have evolved. And COVID has only accelerated. COVID has created a new benchmark. If you are head of real estate of any company on the planet, all of a sudden you found yourself being benchmarked to a person's living room, a person's country home, a person's garden. Okay, that coziness, that sense of, it feels like home. Uh, you know, it feels good and it's very personable and it's not hierarchical. It does not convey those messages of rigidity and hierarchy of an organization. So the challenge for occupiers is that now they have to go back to basics and not forget that they are in a true war for talent and to retain the talent and to attract the new talent they have to think beyond just bricks and mortar and they have to think about um, the concept of work and how to enable employees to have choice and, and make them feel trusted uh, of where to perform work and how to perform work um, when they look at their office portfolio they have to think hard about the amount of amenities that they provide um, they have to balance that with their budgets and they have to balance that with the level of flexibility that their business needs depending on its level of volatility so the equation has just become much more complex um, and I think that the concept of consuming space is not going away now when you look at the spectrum of providers of space today from the Office Group, IWG, the WeWorks of this world, Heinz Square, they all vary in quality, they all vary in price point, and they all have a market. So again, I think amenitization of traditional office spaces, flexible spaces that are highly amenitized, um, are not going away. They will be part and parcel of every occupier's portfolio to some degree. And I, and I think that trend began well before COVID. Now it's just been accelerated. 100%. I, I, I can't say I disagree with that, any of that. The future, to me, is, is flexible for sure. Um, doesn't mean that uh, leases are going away anytime soon either. But uh, I think the two go hand in hand. It's uh, a plus not versus world. But look, uh, I have one last question for you, and I really appreciate you taking the time um, in this conference to sit down with me. Uh, we're sitting in, in the Propel by Bipum area now and uh, surrounded by lots of tech companies. So I'm just curious, if, has there been any tech solutions that stood out to you or, or maybe that you're looking for right now? 
Oh, I think the honest answer is it's, it's a little too early, right? We're only, um, you know, almost at the end of day one. So, so there's a lot more conversations to be had and a lot more, um, you know, uh, people to meet and, and really learn about new solutions. Um, one thing that is very clear, um, it feels like the prop tech is maturing. It's no longer just a conversation. Uh, it's happening. It's part of our industry. Uh, all the heavyweights from the venture capitalist uh, firms are here. Uh, all, all the all the key players are here. Um, the scale ups are here. Um, the the traditional side of the industry is taking notice. And I think that also the conversations that I witnessed this morning are very relevant. The conversations are let's talk ESG. Let's talk about environment. How does my solution enable you to gather data that has data integrity that is consistent across your portfolio? When we talk about social impact, how do you engage your employees, the employees of your tenants, uh, the local communities, and the building operator to understand what the social uh, impact initiatives are, as an example? Uh, yet there is a new definition of social, the well-being of your employees. I heard a number of speakers this morning, they said, well, social is not just having a, social, a positive impact on the community outside the building. It's actually ensuring that the occupants of the building are feeling cared for. So the conversations are, in my view, are becoming much more relevant. Um, there's also not losing sight of the fact that uh, the humans who use the building environment are customers and, and their experience is paramount. Um, if they are not having a good experience, they will not come to that shop. They will not come to that office. So we need to enable them with the right technology to consume services, to engage with the building, with its services, and also express their views. So that connection to human centricity, ESG, is really front and center. It's also, we have, what I'm hearing is that we have not lost sight of the fact that an occupant of a building and an operator of a building needs to achieve efficiency and effectiveness. And therefore, how does the technology solutions in the market can enable that. Um, what I'm not hearing yet is convergence. And, and I think that, hopefully, next MIPIM is where they recognize that our industry is very fragmented um, and that prop tech is still a huge ocean of solutions. Um, and we need some convergence. We need some of those to partner up so it's easier to consume. Because again, the industry is risk averse. And, and you know, you're going to find very rare cases where, occupy, where landlords or occupiers will just grab solutions points and then adopt them straight away. They, they won't try it and test it. They don't want to take high risks. So again, I think for me, convergence and scalability are going to be the next wave of themes that we should, we should hear about. I hope so. I've had a couple of conversations with some tech companies uh, today and um, talking about how their platform's open. And you know, they hope for an open environment uh, in technology and real estate because that is what's needed, but um, usually it's the innovators uh, that, that are thinking ahead and then the world catches up. So hopefully that's the case. Absolutely, and I think what's, what's super refreshing about PropTech, you know, I'm, outside of my day job, I'm, I'm, I'm advising a number of scale-ups and it's a real privilege to work with, uh, you know, with the founders, um, you know, a company like uh, you know, SpaceOS and Basking and Placence out of Israel. And, and what I learned by working with the founders um, is that they don't necessarily come from our industry, but they are quick to identify problems uh, and gaps, and the solutions they've developed and are continuing to evolve are, are about solving big problems. And, and for me, that's really refreshing. 
having been in the industry for almost 30 years, to have individuals who are super smart looking at it from the outside is, is really refreshing. And, and I think that's what I think everyone is waking up to. A different DNA, different training, different way of looking at things. It's a different perspective that we need to, to, to involve. Absolutely. And, well, well, well said. Thank you so much again for coming on to the podcast. And uh, it's been great to finally meet you in person and looking forward to continuing conversations. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. Making high-quality podcasts like this takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire Copus. With our white glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews like these and build relationships with your guests. We take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a brand new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you would build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe 52 new relationships could grow your business? We do. Why not contact me today, jason at copus.com, J-A-S-O-N at K-O-P-U-S dot com. And let's talk.